This is the Student Leadership News Podcast. Hello and welcome to this next discussion in the public speaking series. This is Ronan. With me is... Andy. Yes, that's you. I'm Ronan. I'm me. Uh, We're going to talk about dealing with a disengaged audience. So I promise I won't zone out. Will you zone out, Andy? I I definitely won't. I'll be fully engaged. And the challenge is up to us so that our listening audience doesn't zone out as well. Hopefully they don't. Disengaged audience, though, they they do happen. They do happen. Uh, We've been sharing some tales, fail tales, uh, like failure stories, speeches of ours where things have got awkward. Yeah. can you open us up with a fail tale of yours, Andy? Well, you particularly spoke about uh, then things that got awkward. Yep. I was at an event where myself and uh, a couple of other people were um, presenting to a group of primary school students. Ah, primary so, school. So, you know, 11 years old, uh, around that. And um, I was uh, off to the side. I was helping out with some of the audiovisual equipment, running the... Um, on the music the machine, technology. yep, yep, yep. getting the beats on the music machine, and um, our presenter was currently up, and and she was doing a great job. When you talk to a whole year group of primary school students, there are sometimes some kids who do become disengaged. On this particular day, there were um, two young gentlemen um, who had become a little bit disengaged, a little bit distracted, and. Fortunately, the teacher was in the room and the teacher thought, you know what, best thing for me to do, remove these kids and we're going to put them at the back of the room. So they're still in the room, but they're just at the back. Yeah, they're still in the room and the room's lecture uh, style, chairs all down the middle um, and the kids have now been, uh, it's probably about maybe three three metres to the back of the room. Um, Just a little behind everyone, but still there. And they're sitting now on the floor, so they're on seats on the floor, floor. (laughs) up at the back of the room. And they're not next to each other because obviously they were, you know, just <laughs> like time out, people. time out. Is that yeah, it? Like you're a time out. You just sit over not there the and corner, you sit over there until you're ready to come yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that, there might be like, there's a little bit of gap between them at the back and they just have to sit there in silence. So our team members presenting away, way she goes. And um, right at the point where she stopped, she slowed her voice down. She's trying to deliver this amazing piece of content that everyone is just drawn into. And she's like the pinnacle of the talk. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of just like, hey guys, she's slowing down, softening her voice. Everyone's leaning forward on their chairs. Yeah, I can picture it now. They're ready to take this this killer point, this notes. From the back of the room, these two kids. What does he do? Who are in timeout. Timeout. Sitting there. As loud as you What did he say? Could could believe. All I heard him say. Was and this is this all happened in slow motion, okay? He started out with, "Oh yuck!" Uh oh. So as soon as that's happened, or oh, yuck, I'm like, okay. The other kid has. Oh, uh, baked. Ba- he's had he's, baked beans that have come out the other end. He's done a fluff. It's he's smelly. Done the old tutu. Oh. And would you smell it, or you just no? I was still too far away. Still obviously, too far. From obviously, the, smell. the the gap that uh, the. Separation between the two boys that uh, wasn't was far enough far, for them. Yeah, and yuck, but the yuck gave it away. Yeah, so obviously, obviously, one of them had you know, he'd farted. Let a, yep, let, okay. a, let a bit of wind <laughs> out, and and the other one, oh yuck! And so everyone at this point has just gone, huh? turn around, and then he's gone. He's followed it up with, oh, so he's gone, oh yuck! 
Jordan. It must have been the other his, his name. Yeah. Jordan. And then he's gone, oh, yuck, Jordan, you dirty. No, you can't uh, say that. You can't oh. say that. Okay, so, the, so he obviously offended okay, so him. So he's gone, oh, yuck, Jordan, you dirty. And then there's another word that followed. Yeah, and I'm sitting there <laughs> going, surely not, surely not. And so then everybody has just gone, what, turned around. This is supposed to be like, the main oh. point of the talk. Yeah, main point of the talk. And I've just gone, oh, and I, I then became a disengaged audience member because I actually thought it was quite funny. <laughs> and the teachers were just like, they the, had like this little smile, smirk oh, on their face. Their they've, face got to keep, they've got to keep a straight they're face. They're trying to be all mature and discipline and so the child. I looked at them and they didn't want to laugh because they could see me kind of smiling and laughing and it kind of like, and all the kids had had a little giggle and then uh, our team members kind of like calmed them down. But I'm like, I had to look away like because I'm just like, oh, I can't. I don't know what to do. Here. It's like a freight train has just derailed. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Hard to come back from that in a talk. It is. It is. But uh, you know what? It's a story that I still tell to this day and I still still remember it. I, the smell come back to it. No, well, I anyway. didn't get the smell. You didn't get the smell. The, it's good then. Good story. I, you got it was the humor. Bad. You got it was the humor without the smell. Bad. Jordan had obviously had something <laughs> that uh, baked beans for breakfast. Didn't taste well coming out the other end. Um, we'll talk about disengaged audiences. Yep. Probably two types of disengaged audience. Mm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. two general types. One is a disengaged audience that is, we'll say, falling asleep. Falling asleep, yeah. bored. Bored, just, just like, totally uh, zoned out. Yeah, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's one type. But another type uh, is when an audience sort of goes a bit crazy and hard to manage. People are just so distracted and actually start making it hard for other people in the session. That's what we're going to focus our advice on. Okay. As we keep this discussion, all right? Sure. Yeah. So that's that 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 type of um, scenario. You feel like, oh my goodness, I'm losing this room from being engaged. Yep. Um, and this whole thing could go really bad if I don't deal with it properly. So yeah, there's some of, strategies. Part of the other topics that we cover in the series will hopefully help with yeah the avoiding the zoning the out, falling zoning asleep. out, falling asleep. Um, this one in particular is people going crazy. So how do we deal with them? I'll jump These in types first. Of audiences. Yeah. Number one, if you ramble on, it makes things worse, which is actually for both types of audience where they're falling asleep or going crazy. Um, meaning when you feel like you've lost your audience and so I need to explain things more so that they understand it better, that actually doesn't help. Mm. Like just adding more what we call faff. Just faffing around, saying your sentences three or four times, trying to make them stop and listen to what you're saying actually makes things worse. You actually need to start looking at, okay, have I got the ability to abbreviate what I'm saying? Yeah. Make it shorter, sharper, very, very clear because the rambling, every time you ramble, just gives your audience a chance to get more and more distracted. Yeah, and you know know your presentation. So what is your next focal point? What is your next part of your presentation that will bring the audience back. We've talked about it previously, getting getting them to um, write things down or yep. um, other things. But if you have that focal point, you've got to get to that rather than just rambling and rambling yeah. and rambling. Yeah, true. You can reset when you get to your focal point. Correct. Yeah. Yep. yep. Number two, um, you tell us. Don't appear to be hassled. Don't don't appear to you. You've been given the job to do this presentation, so you know your stuff. You know your content. You're the one who's supposed to be up there. You're in charge of the room. Don't appear to be 
hassled or frazzled or they've got the better of me. What do I do? Oh, and start, um, you know, getting essentially ticked off. It um, could be that there's people in the session that are making it hard for you because they want to make it hard for you. It's their personality type is they don't want to be there. They want to make it hard. And therefore, if you're looking hassled as the presenter, they're like, fantastic we're, we're getting our way here like yeah. we've been able to derail what's happening and uh we they just that's going to feed them doing it doing it more sorry totally agree it's unfortunate if you've got those people in your audience but um if you appear hassled you're going to make your problem worse yep when they're when they're going crazy and they're hard to manage then number three yeah tell an engaging story yep stories uh can quieten a room if, if told correctly, can keep focus, can be interesting because it's almost like, okay, let's put a movie on. If you can tell a story effectively, people want to be drawn into that um, and that can actually calm a room. I can remember I was at um, a, a day with a, a group of high school students actually and um, they had fallen into this disengaged audience they were rowdy they wanted to make it difficult Uh they wanted to make it tough and once a number of them do it it feeds off the rest of them do the same absolutely and i made the decision that i've got a kind of uh go-to presentation that has five points and five engaging stories in it to go with these points and i went you know what the best thing for me to do is actually not try and get them to um, engage with any content that I have. I've just got to tell these stories and use that as my uh, content and link that back into the points. Um, and it actually worked. And and they were engaged from from that point on. I think with that too, sometimes people think, I want to engage my audience because they're not listening. I should tell something big and funny but I don't think your audience responds as well to big and funny. They just become silly as a listener of that story. Um, still better to use a story than not. But if you mm-hmm. can tell a story where you, the storyteller, are forced to slow down or to explain something that does have some strong imagery as part of it or a meaningful part of the story, then those that silence and that slowness to a story will actually cause the people listening. Yeah, because they want to be slow like, slow their behavior. What's going to happen? Yeah. What's the next part? Yeah. Yep. Story, got to use it. Have the tools ready to go. Number four, or oh, pet hate of mine, I want to say this one. Avoid saying, shh, that annoying sound that we, shh, yeah. Yep, I saw you trying to shush me. Shh. Trying to shush me. Stop talking. Shh. I, my voice was don't say it. So can you not say it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Just trying to point out that it uh, is quite annoying. Isn't it? Yeah. And like sometimes there's a way to use it sparingly, just just infrequently to say it once as a crowd starts to start to murmur a bit too much. Um, but if you say it consistently, that again makes it look like you're hassled and frazzled. And I actually think that you're not earning back the attention of your audience. If you say, shh, you're actually just trying to like discipline them back into listening. Nobody likes that if you're in the audience. You want to listen because you're engaged, not because you're told that you have to or that you're told that you're doing mm. uh, the wrong thing. So avoid using the shh tool 
unless you absolutely have to. As a public speaker, I think it's something to stay away from. Yep, I agree, 100%. Number five? Number five, interactive components could flare things up. Yeah. So when you have this audience that are going crazy, um, getting them to then be interactive and do things. Yeah, do it. Okay, okay, you guys aren't listening to me. Um, Find a partner and (laughs) get a partner and stand up. Well, I'm not going with him. He stinks. Yep. And then Um, everything just changes. Then all of a sudden, say, oh, we want to go in a group of three or you give some rules. No, I'm going to break the rules. I said get it into pairs. Nah, we'll go together. No, no. And then, yeah, you're you're having arguments over the- Yeah, you're trying to explain rules or whatever steps take place in your interactive component. Um, But if people aren't listening to what you're saying whilst they're sitting down, uh, you know, supposed to be looking to the front, they're certainly not going to do that when you've interactive component flares things up. I'm not saying don't do it. But don't use it as a tool to, to try and get your audience yeah. re-engaged. You've got to be aware if it's coming up in your talk that it's likely to make things worse. Yeah. And and the other thing is that they could do is go, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, come on, guys. Yeah. Nah. Um, and if that happened, I would probably say you've just got to ignore the fact that a couple of people are not doing it and – don't let them make it worse for others. Just yeah. pretend like you're not even noticing that yeah, a couple of people are excluding. Yeah, just leave it. Uh, number six, deal with anyone who is a problem. So when I say problem, it's probably not just the person that has withdrawn to themselves. Um, if that's all they've done, that's not the worst problem you can have. It's when somebody is calling out, when someone is distracting the people around them, when someone is talking so loud that others can't focus. Um, I think you've, Got to, as the presenter, find a way to deal with it. There's different ways that you could do that, though. Would you call them out? Um, no, I don't think so. Because if, 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 as a presenter, you've embarrassed somebody, then they are perhaps likely to want to then embarrass you back. I mean, they're already behaving in an undesirable way already. So they probably don't care too much what people think about them. Um, so it's just going to become a me versus them thing in the audience. So I wouldn't do that publicly over a microphone. No, would you do it? Would you find another way to yeah, have a I, chat to them? Yeah, two ways that I'd do it. Um, in a perfect world, an, another team member uh, would be in the room, would pick up that it's happening and would just go alongside that person and say, hey, you're making a little bit um, of extra noise than what Ronan would want for this session. I know you're having a good time, but we're going to ask you um, – not to make the comments that you're making or just to follow along like everybody else is. You're not even telling the person off. You're actually just like politely asking them to do the right thing as, as others should be doing. So that's preferable. Someone else does it so that you, the presenter, almost pretend like you never noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, if that other team member wasn't there, then when there's a part of my talk, like people are watching a video or doing an activity as part of my presentation, yep. I would actually walk over myself almost so that nobody notices and have the same conversation with someone. Yeah, great. Hey, I'm actually so glad you're in this session and you seem like a fun person, but we don't actually want you to be loud unless we've asked for something. Yeah. So do me a favor and just can you just get on board as others have? That'd be great. Yeah, I love I love that. Yeah. Love love your um your demeanor in dealing with that as well. It's not it's not telling the kid off, it's not kicking them out of the room. Yeah. It's like and and it's turning it in almost into a positive. Yeah. Um, look, I know, oh, yeah, you seem to be having fun. You seem to be enjoying yourself because um, then that kid is going to be like, oh, this guy hasn't got me in trouble. He's actually okay with me Yeah, kind of having fun, but 
Oh, maybe I, maybe I, like I should call now. back yeah, the comments like a bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to listen to what he's got to yeah. say. So, so it is dealing with it, like it is dealing with someone who is a problem, but um, it's not embarrassing them or making the problem worse. So. Yeah. Cool. Last one, number seven. You tell us. Number seven. Reflect later on what you could have done differently. Yeah, I'm big on this because I think sometimes people walk out of a, a presenter. I'm guilty of this. Walk out of a session and go, oh, it just was really bad. What? Nobody listened. A bunch of rap bags. Yeah, and it was, and today's audience just didn't listen. Yeah. It's not always the audience's fault. It's not about blame. Mm. There's so many variables. Like yeah. there's the audience, perhaps. There's the, the room that you were presenting in. Was the temperature of the room extremely hot, extremely cold? Was the layout of the room not conducive to what we're trying to do? But also, did I, the presenter, did I do some things today that may have made my situation yeah. worse or not done some things I could have done to make it better? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it, it, in what we do, we give um, similar presentations a number of times to different audiences. Yeah. And sometimes the audience interact differently and it becomes that's what's so good about this point is you need to reflect on, okay, why perhaps didn't it work today where it worked yesterday? Um, because that's going to then help you moving forward um, based on particularly giving a similar presentation. And I think when we say reflect, it's not just admitting oh, I could have done better. It could be getting a notepad out, pen, and like some of the things we've talked about in this discussion, did I ramble on at some points where I perhaps couldn't have? Did I appear hassled and make it worse? Did I say shush too many times? Did yeah, I use absolutely. a story? You know, did I did I use a story and tell it in a way that would draw my audience in? Or you know, reflecting on these things, um, or other things we've had in in other discussions in this series, uh, what could I either present? Because you can only control what you can control. You may not be able to control the temperature of the room. You certainly can't usually control the people who are your audience on that given time, but you can control things yourself. So when you reflect on them you may well realize, you know, next time I can deal with a similar situation better. Yep. Yep. And you might, you might also realize, Hey, do you know what? I need to have, I need to have an engaging story in my back pocket yep. just to, just to bring out that can calm an audience down. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Good discussion. That's good. I, I enjoy, uh, you know, going back through this type of uh, list and reminding myself what I, uh, what I should be doing, even though I've, uh, of them before there's never too much reminding of this kind of thing absolutely well i was engaged yeah i was engaged hopefully the audience was too yep excellent looking forward to our next discussion as am i thanks for listening to the student leadership news podcast interact with us on social media and follow the news online at studentleadership.news. leadership